With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie, and welcome to 2021. How's it treating you uh, so far? You know, Keith, uh, to be determined. We'll see. <laughs> it's, it's actually just December 45th of yes. 2020. Yes, no, uh, but Happy New Year and uh, and welcome back. And, and you know, it, as long as we're recording the pop shop, it's a good year. That's a good positive spin <laughs> to the year. The young year where it feels like it's, well, whatever. Um, Well, with all that said, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Justin Bieber scores his 22nd top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with his latest single, Anyone, how the brother trio AJR notched their first top 10 on the Hot 100 with Bang, and how Taylor Swift's Evermore album returns to number one on the Billboard 200 chart and in doing so ties Michael Jackson for the fourth most cumulative weeks atop the list ever. (laughs) And speaking of Taylor, we will also be taking a look at MRC's just-released year-end data for 2020, where Taylor Swift becomes the first artist ever to claim the top-selling album of the year five times. So we'll take a closer look at that accomplishment and take a very, very, very early guess as to who might score the best-selling album of 2021. So stick around for that. Very early. It's 11 days into the year. (laughs) It's comically early. But first, (laughs) before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, so let's do the chart chat. First chart chat of 2021. Uh, 24K Golden's Mood, featuring Ian Dior, friends of the podcast, uh, spends a eighth non-consecutive week at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. Meanwhile, Justin Bieber's Anyone jumps straight in at number six. It's the 22nd top 10 for Bieber, and it's Neighbors this week. Well, Neighbors just one two steps away with Bieber's 21st top 10, Holy featuring Chance the Rapper, 
which sits at number four on the current chart. It can me... still lend a cup of sugar to Holy. Just being two <laughs> two doors down. Two doors down, they're laughing and singing and having a party. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Anyone, which was released on January 1st, tallied 16.5 million U.S. streams and sold 22,000 copies in the week ending January 7th, according to MRC data. It also drew 14.2 million in audio, (laughs) audio impressions, audience impressions at radio in the week ending January 10th. The single was accompanied by its boxing-themed music video, where Bieber portrays a prize fighter. Uh, Katie, what did you think of the video? You know, I feel like the word uh, cinematic is thrown around a lot when artists talk about their videos, but this one actually was that. <laughs> like <laughs> It was. It, it looked like, um, you know, the any number of boxing movies we've seen over the years. It even had kind of a, a throwback aesthetic. His, his wife in the... or wife or girlfriend or whoever in the in the video is played by Zoe Deutsch and like is wearing little you know box pillbox hats and and uh Chanel suits and um looking very Jackie O um and it's just like a really it's it tells a story and um you know if you know Bieber well you know that everything he uh co-writes is about Haley Bieber and so you kind of you're I'm used to seeing him and Haley and so to see him with someone else was like who's this lady jarring (laughs) but then you also sent me a behind the scenes clip from the video where Haley is very much present and you know co-signing the whole thing (laughs) yeah so Uh, but anyway I thought it was beautiful I thought it was great yeah, and if, you, if you've ever wanted to see Justin Bieber at the current age that he's at without any of his tattoos, now's your chance. Ah, that's hence the makeup in the video. There's, there's, if he, Bieber is currently like covered in tattoos in real life, but in this video, it's, it's tattooless Bieber. And there's mm-hmm. a behind the scenes clip where it shows how much makeup and like sort of spray makeup they had to do to cover up all of his tattoos. It's actually kind of crazy because you're like, if you didn't know, you would have never known that he has all that ink on his body. Totally. Um, and actually, I was watching the video knowing that, thinking, like, when his wife, girlfriend comes running up to him and hugs him, I'm like, does that all wipe off on right. her arms? Like, how oh, does not that the work? not on the Chanel. I know. <laughs> Save at, the suit. <laughs> at, the, at the end, she's wearing a pair of white gloves and hugs him. I'm like, don't touch him. It's going to be bad. Now, um, do you I, know that so this is totally, um, you know, unnecessary, but do you know who Zoe's mom is? What was her last name? Zoe Deutsch. No. Leah Thompson. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah. And if you watch that video again, she looks so much like her mom in this video to me. So wow. much like young, young Leah, for sure. All right. Before we move on, I'm going to correct myself. I realized earlier when I said that Holy was Justin's 21st top 10. Actually, it was his 20th because in between Holy and his new single, he had a top 10 with Sean Mendez called Monster. Jeez, what a, what a uh, prolific, prolific, dude. yeah, prolific year for Bieber for sure. Uh, you may wonder 22 top 10s, that sounds like a lot, and it is. Uh, Bieber's uh, one of only 17 acts with at least 22 top 10s. Uh, you know who else has 22 top 10s? Uh, one of Katie's faves, Eminem, Michigan Zone. Uh, just ahead of Biebs and M are Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, and Whitney Houston, who all have 23 top 10s apiece. Leading the pack, of course, with the most top 10s is Drake, with 42. And by the time you hear us, he could have another three. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up, friends of the podcast, AJR, clinched their first top 10 on the Hot 100 as Bang 
bolts 11 to 9. The brother trio, comprising Adam, Jack, and Ryan met, hence the AJR, Adam, Jack, Ryan, get it, uh, had charted three Hot 100 entries previous to Bang. I'm Ready reached number 65 in 2014, Week hit number 73 in 2017, and Burn the House Down hit number 100 in 2018. Bang Holds at its number two high on our digital song sales chart and ranks at number nine on the all-format radio songs chart, where it reached a new peak. A new peak? Nope. It reached a peak of number eight in December. It also re-enters at number 35 on the streaming songs chart, a new high for the song. Uh, Bang is really actually a big hit at radio. Like, if you've listened to radio at all, like, Top 40 radio stations, adult Top 40 alternative stations, you have heard this song at some point in the past seven months. Um, This week, it's top 10 on the pop songs chart. It's top five on the adult pop songs chart. Don't you mean the pop airplay chart, Keith? Uh... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes, because we just changed the name, didn't we? Uh, yes, you did, as well as all those other songs charts you just said. <laughs> so it's pop airplay, adult pop airplay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And alternative airplay? I believe so, yes. You'd think I'd work in the charts department. <laughs> um, well, the song pizza number two on the alternative airplay chart last June... You know, we change names of the charts just to, to be sort of fair. Speak. It was called Alternative Songs then, <laughs> so all good. <laughs> I could just start calling it Modern Rock Tracks, which is what it used to be called. About <laughs> yes, please, 20, please 25 do. Five years ago. All right. Uh, lastly, on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Taylor Swift's Evermore returns to number one, up from number two a week ago, as the set collects its third non-consecutive week atop the tally. It earned 55,000 equivalent album units in the week ending January 7th, down 2%. The album, which is now in its fourth week on the chart, spent its first two weeks at number one before stepping aside to number two for a week when Playboy Cardi's Whole Lot of Red debuted at number one. Now, with Evermore's third week in the lead, Swift now has a cumulative 50 one weeks at number one across all eight of her number one albums. That ties Michael Jackson for the fourth most weeks at number one in the chart's 65-year history. The two superstars only trail the Beatles with a record 132 weeks at number one, Elvis Presley with 67 weeks at number one, and Garth Brooks with 52. Katie, want to place a bet on when Swift will overtake Brooks and possibly Elvis? Because it seems like, just maybe just me, it seems like the Beatles record is probably safe. Yes. I would say uh, I would say she's going to tie Brooks. Yeah. It's going like to happen this, soon. This month, I would think. Yeah. Um, just because January is historically a quiet album month. But right. there are some big things. We got Zane coming up. Morgan, Morgan Wallen. Wallen's probably going to do pretty well um, next week. Um, so I would say tie Garth Brooks this month, but not beat him, maybe. But maybe beat him this year. Like, I think Evermore could overtake again, like, in a slow week. I, I I'm going to go this year. Yeah. yeah, I could see, like, two more weeks. Like, considering it's up for so many Grammys and when the Grammy Awards yeah. happen, that all makes sense. Now, Elvis... Try, it's gonna maybe, have to be a, an album cycle or two more <laughs> than than this and at this rate her album cycles are running every six weeks <laughs> seriously so anything can happen 
Well, and, and speaking of all that, uh, in more Taylor news, last Thursday, MRC Data, which powers all of Billboard's charts, released its 2020 year-end data, and we wanted to give a little brief overview of the biggest artists of last year in the U.S., so looking first at the uh, biggest songs of 2020, the most streamed song of 2020 was Roddy Rich's The Box. The best-selling digital song was BTS's Dynamite. The only track to sell more than a million downloads in 2020, by the way. Ooh. The yeah. top radio song of 2020 was The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, which was also Billboard's top song of 2020, which is a separate thing that we do right. year-end. On the uh, Hot 100, yeah. On the Hot 100 uh, in the, like, late november early december early yeah december uh, yeah it, the 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 that the, our billboards year in charts for the hot 100 kind of runs from a november to november range mm -hmm. and we announced that at the top of december and blinding lights also broke the record for the most weeks ever in the top 10 by the way it's still in the top 10 this week on the hot ah, 100 so wild so, anyway and then uh over uh in the albums domain which is keith's domain uh the top 2020 album was little baby's my turn that's in, and, that's in terms of total equivalent album units earned. So that's album sales, track sales, streams, all that stuff mushed together like normal. Everything combined. Yeah. And uh, just noting the best-selling vinyl album, which was interesting, is, is Harry Styles' Fine Line, yeah, which is cool. uh, a fun fact. Um, and the top-selling album of the year was Taylor Swift's Folklore. So let's take a closer look at Taylor having the bestseller of the year because Keith, why is it interesting that Taylor has the bestselling album of the year? Well, Katie, it's because this is the fifth time she's had the top selling album of the year and no one else has had the top selling album five times since MRC data began have, you know, began tracking data with its first full year of data back in 1992. Uh, the only other act to do it four times was Adele and she did it four times with two different albums. Right. Because 21 and 25 were the top sellers two years apiece. Right. <laughs> Taylor's done. Taylor's been the top selling album five different times with five different albums. Yeah. That's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, let's just take a look at, at what, at the five albums that has, she has already done this with. She logged the top selling album of the year in the U S last with 2019, which was lover 2017 with reputation 2014 with 1989 and 2009 with fearless. And in both 2020 and 2019, only one album sold a million copies in the U.S., and both of those albums were by Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift, Ta Taylor Swift is single-handedly running the album sales business. 100%. Basically, that is what we can take away from this. Yeah, that's the big takeaway from the, from the pod this week. Um, and so we noted that Adele has also done this four times. Um, she, and, and as we said, it was with two albums, and they're only... Uh, is it three? Yes, there's only three acts who are not named Taylor Swift and Adele who have had the uh, top-selling album um, in the last 12 years, and those people are Eminem, there he is again, with Recovery in 2010, and Justin Timberlake with the 2020 Experience in 2013, and then the multi-artist soundtrack to The Greatest Showman in 2018. What a yeah. time. That yeah, feels like time. a long. That feels like a long time ago. I have to say, a lot of life has been lived since then. Featuring, featuring friend of the podcast, Kiala Settle. Oh, indeed. Oh, that was That's fun. Right. She yeah, was the she was, best. She was so great. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is this is where Keith and I make a very very ridiculously bold. early guess about. I would say it's a bold. It's a bold <laughs> prediction. 
a bold prediction. But I mean, going off of the fact that Taylor and Adele have had the top selling album, you know, nine out of the last 12, eight out of the last 12 years, nine out of the last 12 years, nine, nine. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, we have some good some good information to work off from so, that that vantage point. Right. Like, do you think one of those ladies will do this again? Yes. Yes. I mean, something was trending on Twitter the other day where there's like some sort of rumor mongering about that Adele may drop an album in March. So okay. if I mean, I'll, let's just take a step back. Whatever day, month, season Adele drops an album, if it's supposed to come out this year, she will have the top selling album of the year. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. And that that is what will happen. Um, even if Taylor puts out an album or th- two, yeah, Adele will still sell more than anyone else this year if she puts out a new album. Okay, I think that that is 100% fair. So then I guess the question is, if Adele does not come out as rumored, okay. then Taylor, what if, there's two things. What if, can she possibly pull an Adele is the first question with Evermore the fact that it was released in December, is there a chance that it could be 2021's best-selling album as well? (laughs) Instead of, I guess, Folklore was number one last year. Could Evermore be number one in 2021? I'm going to say chances are kind of iffy because it was already the number 10 best-selling album of 2020. And you would think that the, you know, you you have your biggest sales in your first few weeks of release though i know that the vinyl albums for this for the the vinyl edition for this album has yet to come out so that could certainly help Ooh, sales as well that's interesting yeah well also the cassette i think comes out at the end of the month so watch out for cassettes that cassette. are back guys cassettes are back yeah watch out for those sales wait wait for the eight track um <laughs> uh no one listening to this knows what an eight track is so um, I don't think Evermore will be the top seller just because she's already lost a couple hundred thousand in sales to 2020. Right. Okay. So I'm going to say no, but it could be a really depressing year where Adele doesn't drop an album and this is Taylor's newest album and maybe album sales just collapse entirely and Evermore holds on and becomes the top seller of 2021. Or knowing the new pace of Taylor's release schedule she could put out another album this year very easily. Yeah. What <laughs> it would, could be so, a trilogy, could, as we, tr- you know? Uh, yes. So Folklore, <laughs> Evermore, uh, something with an or. Galore. Hmm. <laughs> you don't like Galore? <laughs> the Cure had an album called Galore, I think. Oh, well, sorry. Well, maybe Doesn't, she's a Cure fan. Well, but you need something with, you need something with two syllables. Folklore, Evermore. Is Evermore two syllables or three? Ever That would be oh, three, three, and Galore is two syllables also. <laughs> no, now she needs something with four syllables oh. to continue it. <laughs> she does work like that. Mm. Taylor, let us know <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> uh, um, I would not be surprised if she puts out another album this year. And then just switching gears a little bit, in other news, we also learned um, last week that the Grammys broadcast, which was originally set for January 31st, because of COVID-19, it's now delayed until March 14th. And, you know, knowing Taylor, she likes to, like, time things and get the most juice out of things. You know, do you think that January 31st she was thinking about putting something out? Or maybe now her wheels are turning that maybe she could put something out the weekend 
of the rescheduled Grammys, three months would what be it, not that crazy. Okay, so Folklore came out July 24th. Evermore came out like December. December 11th. 7th? Oh, is it 11th? I think it was 11th or 13th. Okay. okay. Um, so that's August, September, October, November. That's four, basically four months and a week or two. Okay. So January, February, March. Hmm, it's kind of quick. I was thinking like, what if she dropped a surprise album like the Friday night or the Friday before the Grammy Awards or the night of the right. Grammys? right. But you actually... So you actually, January 31st would have been quick, but maybe her wheels started spinning when March 14th became the date instead. Yeah, but do you really want to steal away the thunder of Folklore, the night of the Grammy Awards, where it could win Album of the Year? Right. Well, so that's the other thing I was curious about, knowing you know how she put out these two massive albums last year. Folklore is what is nominated at the Grammys because of the you know release um, you know calendar of when things are eligible. And it made me wonder, like, you know, having it's kind of like Ariana Grande, the year that she released Sweetener and Thank You Next, Mm -hmm. um, just right after that. She wanted to perform something from Thank You Next at the Grammys. And the rumor mill said that she was told, nah, you got to play something from Sweetener because that's what we're honoring. Taylor, it's like, will she play something brand new? Would she play something from Evermore because it's newer? Or is she just going to stick with the folklore you know, because well, I, think it's, th- I think I think at this point, the, gra- the Grammy producers are just like, please, anyone show up, whatever, and play whatever you want, whatever you want to do, whatever you want. We'll send a Zoom <laughs> camera to your house. Just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I know. I really wish they weren't so hellbent on doing a portion of it in person. Like they were even I just I think that in this world, everyone will be happy if something if they see their favorites performing, they don't need it to be an audience they don't need it to be mounted on a stage they they we are open to creative ideas outside of putting all these celebrities in one you know room that has bad airflow (laughs) keep our keep our favorites healthy (laughs) is what i'm saying so hopefully they realize that by march i hope they're not trying to change the date again if there's another uptick in la please god no but just saying, I hope that that's, I hope this stays put. So there'll be a, a new third strain of the virus that is, is, oh trans, is oh. transmissible just through phone lines. All right, Keith, time, time for the chart stat of the week. Cause I can't even think about that. All right. <laughs> and now it's time for the chart stat of the week. I'm a sucker for you. Uh, With the brother trio of AJR hitting the top 10 of the Hot 100 for the very first time this week, it got me thinking about what other sibling trios have reached the top 10. So Katie, aside from AJR, can you name any group comprised solely of three siblings? Just just the three siblings, not a Kings of Leon situation where there's three brothers and a cousin that have also (laughs) scored a top 10 on the Hot 100 chart. I've got one for sure. Okay. Because I, I have one that has a number one on the Hot 100. Bet you I can guess what you're going to say. <laughs> the Joe Bros? Of course, there's the Jonas Brothers. Uh, Joe, yes. Nick, and Kevin Jonas. They've clocked three top tens, Burning Up and Tonight in 2008, and then Sucker, their first number one in 2019. Katie, there's a, a brother trio that were... Uh, precursors to the Jonas Brothers I suppose in a way that came like Bee Gees that's too far back (laughs) they played all their own instruments and they had a very catchy song that no one could get out of their head back in 1997 
1997, Three Brothers. Oh, Hanson. That's right. Taylor, Isaac, and Zach Hanson. They yes. nabbed they nabbed two top tens. The number one Mbop in May of 1997, and the number nine peaking, I will come to you that December. Uh, how is about- Bee Gees is Bee Gees right though? Also? Can you, can you just hold your horses? <laughs> I got excited. I thought of the Bee Gees. You're like, is Bee Gees right? Like, yes, they are. But can we just wait a second? How okay, about a, how about an all-sister trio? Can you name a single all-sister trio? Well, Haim. But I they don't have, think they have a top 10. They have not had a top 10 on the Hot 100. Okay. Um, uh, think think, uh, think um, early to mid-80s. Pointer Sisters? That's correct. Yes. See, I, I didn't prep Katie, by the way. No, um, I'm doing a good job today. You, you are. Uh, this part wasn't on the script. It was hidden from her. Uh, <laughs> Anita, June, and Ruth Pointer claimed seven top tens between 1979 and 1985, including a pair of number two peaking singles, Fire in 1979, of course, written by Bruce Springsteen, and Slow Hand in 1981. They also charted an incredibly lengthy run with I'm So Excited, which peaked number three in 1984. But spent a total of 40 weeks on the Hot 100 thanks to two separate chart runs on the list between 1982 and 1985. Katie's raising her hand. Yes. Well, I'm jumping. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're so excited. That's, yeah, I'm so well. excited. They also had a hit called Jump. Oh, it's different. Okay, I was thinking yeah. of, that's what I was thinking of, but I'm so excited. Like, yes. I'm so excited I'm going to jump for my love. Yeah, I'm going to jump. <laughs> All right, so yes, Katie, we can't forget about the Bee Gees. Uh, the sibling trio with the most top tens on the Hot 100. 15 top tens. Wow. Uh, Barry, Robin, and Morris Gibb, uh, the trio got its first top 10 in 1968 with I've Gotta Get a Message to You and dominated the 1970s with a dozen top tens, including nine number ones, the most of any act that decade. Among their leaders, Jive Talkin', You Should Be Dancing, Staying Alive, and Tragedy, for good measure, the fourth Gibb brother, Andy, had his own successful solo career, claiming six top tens, including three number ones. Speaking of the brothers Gibb, the new documentary, The Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, premiered on HBO in December, and it includes interviews with, hey, Nick Jonas, mm-hmm. uh, just, Justin Timberlake, Chris Martin, and Noel Gallagher. It's basically just a gallery of all of Katie's faves. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, am- among others. Turns out I'm an executive producer on this and didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) On top of that, Barry Gibb, the last living Gibb brother, uh, sadly, just released a new album on January 8th titled Greenfield's The Gibb Brothers Songbook Volume 1. The set finds Barry duetting with everyone from Miranda Lambert and Keith Urban to Olivia Newton-John and Dolly Parton on songs penned by the Gibb brothers, including I've Gotta Get a Message to You, too Much Heaven, Lonely Days, and How Deep Is Your Love. So, there you have it. Some of the sibling trios that AJR now stands alongside with top 10 hits on the Hot 100 chart. All right. Well, uh, we've reached the end of our first show of 2021, or... One of our continuing shows of 2020. It's December 45. That was a fun one. So if this is any indication, then 2021 starts now. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So what song should we go out on? 
Oh, man. We talked about so much today. Um, maybe one of the sibling songs that we didn't hear. <laughs> but which one? What's your favorite well, B- I mean, What's I... your favorite BG song, Keith? Oh, God. There's so many. We can do... Um, um, you Should Be Dancing. Okay, that's perfect. That? That's a fun way to go out. Okay, see you guys next time. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.